0: you ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City, are we rolling? Are we on? Hello? Hello. I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. While Sporting KC is getting ready to play their final regular season game, Kansas City's other pro soccer team is getting ready to kick off another season indoors in the Major Arena Soccer League. Jeff Houston is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Kansas City Comets, and he is joined by the Well, one of the league's leading defenders and recently signed John Sosa of the Kansas City Comets. Guys, welcome to both of you guys to Signal Hill. Thanks, Nick. It's good to be here. Um, Nick, Jeff, uh, you guys had a recently good signing over here. This gentleman right over here, John Sosa, now back with the Comets after spending a season with the San Diego Soccers. John, I know fans are uh, happy to have
2: you back. Welcome back to Kansas City. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm definitely excited and looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So was was it a priority for you to, to come back to Kansas City? I mean, why, why did you come back and sign?
2: Well, I think it's a mixture of everything, right? So uh, I'm obviously settled here in Kansas City. Uh, I have a lot of love and passion for the franchise, and, and it seems like everything is working really well with uh, with the franchise. So I was looking forward to having the opportunity to come back and they did a phenomenal job, you know, giving me that opportunity. So I'm just glad to be back, you know, playing in front of our crowd, in front of our friends, uh, family. So uh, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Have you heard from a lot of fans about your recent signing?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of messages online, a lot of text messages saying that they're very excited to see me back here, that they're looking forward to it, that they're planning on coming. Uh, probably a lot of people asking for a lot of jerseys, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely excited and thankful.
0: Yeah, and you get to play with some teammates that you're familiar with and in a familiar surrounding out at Silverstein Ice Centers Arena.
2: Oh, yeah, that that definitely makes a huge difference. You know, I, I wanted to come back and, and be able to enjoy myself, enjoy my my time during training and things like that, which is something that I struggled a little bit uh, last year. But um, obviously I know a lot of the guys, guys that I play college ball with, guys that I play uh, for many, many years. So so they're, they're family and they're friends. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that.
0: Well, and it's, it's also great, too, because, uh, you know, the next phase in your life is, is going to be coaching, and you've already begun that next phase. You continue with your professional career. You're also the head coach at Benedictine College uh, up in uh, Atchison, Kansas, and that allows you to, to do both, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to, you know, to get the job uh, in Atchison for, for Benedictine College, and it was a huge opportunity for me that I was very, very happy to take, and, and, you know, playing with the Comets, it yeah, allows me to do both things at the same time. And uh, I'm just excited, you know, and, and I'm taking my time, you know, learning and growing as a coach as well. Um, so everything is going good so far.
0: And how's your team doing this year?
2: We're doing pretty well. Right now, we're, we're ranked 24 in the nation. Uh, That's good. At some good. point, we were a little higher than that. Uh, and we have one more, one more game tomorrow, and hopefully we place ourselves in the top three teams in the conference. Um, which obviously we, we, we compete in a very, very tough conference, uh, probably the best in the nation. So uh, it's, been, it's been a tough season, but very proud of my team, very proud of, of, of the work that they're putting in, and uh, they love the game. They, love, they, they play with passion every game, and we're right there. We're right there.
0: Yeah, the heart of American League is, is pretty tough here, and, and of course, your, your main rival, Baker University. Uh, you got one against Baker, a 1-0 win against Baker earlier this season. And of course, uh, Baker is coached by former attack, former mm-hmm. common player Nate Hauser. What was the handshake like at the end of the game?
2: Uh, it was uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of respect, you know, between mm-hmm. us. Uh, I, I really admire him as a person, as a coach, because he has a long career and uh, lots of success. Um, but you know, on the field, you know, he, his passion is just like I am. But afterwards, he was a very uh, polite, you know, handshake. Not too many words. Uh, we're exchanged, uh, but I'm pretty sure you know, I'll get to see him this Sunday again in a meeting, and we'll be able to laugh and talk about it until the next one, right?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, with you being a college coach and continuing your professional career, uh, you're wearing two different hats, and you see you live with two different perspectives. I'm wondering how that has, may have uh, changed you as a coach and how it may has changed you as a player.
2: Well, I think um, it has made me grow a lot. Uh, as a person and, and as a player, as well as a coach, uh, because I have to see things from a different perspective now. I gotta take care uh, of, of myself differently. I gotta carry myself uh, differently because now I'm, you know, I'm representing a, a big university. Um, so it's been, it's been, a, it's been a, a great, a great uh, career move. It's been uh, fascinating to be able to to live both sides of of, of the game. Um, one of the things that I've been finding out is that. I'm just as passionate as a coach, if not more, than I am as a player. So that's something that obviously, you know, I, I didn't know about myself. Uh, but I live the game the same way as if I was a player. You know, I'm mm-hmm. over there invested with my kids. Um, I'm living play by play. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love it. I, I feel everything they feel. Sometimes, you know, I feel their pain. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been, it's been a great, a great run so far.
0: Let's turn to Jeff Houston. and Jeff, uh, as we know, John, when he immediately came onto the team, uh, he made an immediate impact, uh, stabilized the back line. He's also an offensive threat, and I imagine this was a priority for the front office to get John back in the fold.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we uh, we understood why he left last year, um, but as soon as, as he did, you know, it, it, John was great, and he explained to us uh, what he was doing, um, and I, th- I think I said to him right away, I said, all right, have a good year. Have you know have some fun in the sun, but we're bringing you back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a priority to us to to uh, bring him back. You know, um, like you said, he immediately stabilizes the back line. Um, he brings a, a strong presence, uh, a calming presence to our team. And it you know, indoor soccer is not a calming <laughs> event That's at true. all. Uh, being so so fast paced, a lot of action, especially right in front of the net uh another thing that, that John does for us um it, it, his work on set pieces is, is probably one of the best in the league um He knows the he does a great job of, of recognizing the situation um because he's got that defensive viewpoint so as we're getting ready to attack on a on a set piece, he can see how the team lines up um and anticipate where they're gonna go and and set our team up uh, likewise. And uh, he's got a little bit of a del- <laughs> delay shot, uh, which is it, – it, it sometimes fakes you and I out of a It box. tricks so the timing. Yeah. So, um, so it's good to have him back on that end. Uh, but not just on the field, but the way he, he interacts with the players. Um, you know, we've, we've been lucky here uh, since we started the Comets back in 2010, brought him back. Um, we've got some great local talent Uh, I I don't think John was with us that first year, but he came that second year. Um, And and we've got a great core of players that have been with us through that whole time that provided stability, lots of success. Um, Last year, we we brought on several younger players that uh, are are that next generation. So having the two of them, uh, those two generations basically together right now is is something we're really excited about.
0: Well, you're right. You know, when you think of the... the, the Makeup of the roster: You've got players from uh, Park University. You've got players from uh, Benedicting. You've got players from uh, Baker uh, had players from Baker University, Park University. You've got several players from Park University. So there's quite a bit of talent out there uh, amongst the Comets players. Yeah, and, and UMKC. Uh, UMKC, of course. Yeah. Where yeah, so John went
1: to school. Right. Right. And um, yeah, it's just it, we've got a great local uh, group. There, that it's just a hotbed of talent here that that helps us immensely, you know, within the league. Mm -hmm.
0: What is it? uh, I mean, you noticed that because you came up collegiately, Mm -hmm. uh, playing uh, through UMKC. Um, What about the local colleges around here? What do what do you see from? Because you're eyeing talent uh, from uh, other schools around here. What do you think about the local universities in terms of talent?
2: Well, I think um, a lot of them are, are playing at a high level. They're they're doing a very good job recruiting high level players, Uh, not only that, there's uh, the level of soccer here in Kansas City for the youth programs are very high. So it's a little bit of everything, but you know, now that I'm in the coaching, uh, now that I'm coaching a Benedictine, um, I I, I get to recruit, you know, and I get to recruit that next generation and and you can see that there's a lot of talent out there. Uh, Not only that, there's a lot of colleges that are recruiting kids from overseas that are giving kids in other countries the opportunity to come here to play college ball, and you know a lot of those guys want to want to want to experience that the 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 next chance after college as you can see with guys like Nacho uh, who else, uh Ramon mm. Robert so it, it's working really well for the comments I mean to be able to have such a great pool of players around the city playing at a college level um that are looking for the next opportunity to play professionally so it, a lot of a lot of great players in the area. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're chatting with John Sosa, defender for the Kansas City Comets, and director of marketing and communications Jeff Houston. The Comets are going to have their home opener in mid uh, December, December fifteenth. Yep. Take on their rivals, the Milwaukee Wave. Shocker, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I think you know this will be our ninth season, and probably. The seventh one that we've opened up against the Wave, <laughs> um, it's, but it's great.
0: Well, always seems to open and closed. It didn't happen that way with the with the Wave last year because Comets didn't make the playoffs. But it seems like you start the season and end the season with the Milwaukee Wave.
1: That's right. Yeah, and, and which is great. I mean, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I wouldn't want anything better. Right. Uh, it's such a great rivalry. Um, some some classic matchups throughout the years. Uh, you know, and it's just I mean, fans of both teams come out for for both of those games no matter how the team was doing you know we were down a little Mm -hmm. bit last year um but the place was packed when they when the wave came here when we went up there it was their biggest crowd of the season so it's just a great rivalry fun fun way to start the season
0: Aside from your responsibilities with the Comets, you're also involved in league activities, uh, well, helping them with communications and lots of other items with the uh, Major Arena Soccer League. This year's season kicks off in mid-December, which is a different th- than the way it's been in the past. Why did the league decide to move uh, the starting of the season back towards mid-December?
1: Well, for the Comets, it starts mid-December. The actual season uh, for the MASL starts December 1st, okay, uh, which is a month later than what normally we do. Uh, you know, Usually we... The league starts that last weekend in October mm-hmm. the first weekend in November. What we found is that uh, across the league some teams were were having some difficulty with uh, drawing against uh, high school football or against um, uh, pro football um, and and there were some date um, arena date po- problems so by pushing back uh, to December, what we found is that that teams were able to concentrate um, all their efforts, uh, in, in high traffic months. Um, also, you know, our schedule usually comes out about the same time every year, which before gave most teams about a two and a half, three week lead up to the, to the start of the season. Um, now we get that extra month, uh, for teams to push. And it's really, uh, it's really seeing a, a lot of effect and a lot of success across the league teams that, um, uh, maybe have, really had to wait until the last two weeks before their home opener to push it and, and try to get a gr- good crowd. They're already uh, flirting with sellouts or, or uh, you know, working with um, pretty packed crowds for their home opener and beyond. Uh, you know, in Kansas City, our December um, our opener is until December 15th, uh, which is 50-some days away. But we're already seeing lots of excitement um, and thanks to – you know, the man next to me uh, (laughs) uh, possibly, but, uh, you know, that extra month um, allowing teams to to really get out in the community and push the season and and push the the schedule um, has been a big help for a lot of teams.
0: Uh, And when does uh, training camp open?
1: Uh, November 5th. Uh, We'll get the guys out there to start kicking around. Um, That's when it officially opens, but, I mean, you guys have been getting together informally probably mm-hmm. for last month and a half so um you know I, I go out there to watch uh you know in years past they let me come out and kick the ball around with them but now <laughs> they say they say no oh, <laughs> just uh you know we don't, we don't want you to get hurt um so but it's it's been fun to watch them
0: yeah uh, i know I said, was it was the la- was it the live shot last year or the year before we were out there and brian harris almost took off my head i think with it was a, a <laughs> couple years ago <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah what are you laughing at sosa <laughs> no nothing <laughs> okay. So, uh, but you're going to get a chance to uh, see a tune-up game with the Comets, right?
1: Right. We're, we're playing an exhibition game in St. Louis, um, which kind of a, a first for us. We've, we've done some exhibition kind of just closed-door things with a few teams in the past, but this is the first time we're going to get together, um, November 24th, um, and we're going to do it down in St. Louis. Uh, it's just a $5 uh, gate, but we'll have some some brand-new uh, merchandise for the season out there. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll be a good chance to see Brett Petracic, our new goalkeeper, plus a lot of the new uh, talent um, down there. So it, it, it'll be a good thing. And and St. Louis is, you know, they've we've had their number for several years, but they've they've come on. Um, they're a much stronger team. So it'll be interesting to see how they. Yeah,
0: they recently uh, signed a Brazilian. Uh, yeah. Some talent.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, their coach Everton, uh, Brazilian. They they went a different route this year instead of. Uh, like we're so lucky to have so much local talent, we can just reach out to, uh, you know, coaches around and and see players. Uh, Everton took a different uh, approach. He went down to Brazil and held a couple tryouts and combines in a couple areas down there. Uh, found some talent, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they what they do.
0: Let's talk about the team. There's a lot of familiar faces back. Of course, John Sosa has resigned. Uh, one of the league's all-time greats, Leo Gibson, is going to be back. He signed uh, has signed on for another year. You mentioned uh, Brett Petracek uh, is going to be the Comets' new goalkeeper. Let's ask John Sosa here. You played against Petracek. He was in uh, Cedar Rapids last year. What do you think of this goalkeeper, and how do you think he's going to help the team?
2: I think he's a very talented goalkeeper. Not only he's very good you know, under the poles, but he has very good vision of the game, very good feet. Uh, and he comes with experience now. He's been in the league for probably two, three years now, I'm assuming, and... Um, and he's definitely developed to be uh, one of the strongest keepers in the league. So we're definitely lucky to have him, and I think he's going to blend in really well with what we're going to try to do here in the Comets.
0: In the indoor game, your position and the goalkeeper position are intertwined. I mean, you really have to work as a team. The back line and the goalkeeper have to work together. You mentioned that Petracek has good feet, it, and the Comets like to play out of the back. So how does that, how does that help you? Uh, You play defensive position, but how does that help the offense when you've got a guy who can play with his feet?
2: Well, I think it it makes a huge difference. Being able to have a keeper that is confident with the ball, that is able to have good ball distribution, makes a huge difference for what we're trying to do, right? Because we're able to allow him to, you know, have time with the ball. We're able to play off of him and move uh, around him to be able to find uh, players open, to be able to play certain uh, balls that a lot of keepers are not comfortable with, so... We're definitely lucky to have him, and I'm pretty sure he's going to do really well for us.
0: Yeah, he's and he's he can make some dynamic saves before. I mean, some acrobatic saves. We saw, we saw that when he was playing for Cedar Rapids against us. We did, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that was crazy. Um, let's talk about a, a trio of players that are now back in the fold here. We're talking about Robert Palmer, Ramon Palmer, and Alain Matingu are now all coming back for the Comets. Palmer, Matingu are defenders. Uh, Ramon plays up top in an offensive position. Why did you want to bring those three players back from Tacoma, Jeff?
1: Well, it was all about stability. So, last year, uh, you know, for ver- various reasons, we, we had to uh, adjust our lineup. We went very young, and we got a good, solid core of young players that are learning the indoor game. Uh, but it, it takes a couple years to adjust. So when you've got talent available, like, like John, like uh, Robert and Ramon, and like Alan – who are solid veterans who can, um, you know, play the game at, at the very next level and at the same time provide good examples for these young kids that are, are just starting their careers, that next generation of, of Comets players. Uh, you know, that's just an opportunity you can't pass up. So bringing back Ramon and Robert and Alan, um, you know, that that takes us from being, to be honest with you, being middle, lower middle of the pack, to being one of the uh, Echolong teams in the league again.
0: And I'm going to mention a couple of other names here. And Comets fans are going to recognize Kyle Williams, Lucas Rodriguez, Brian Perez, who will be the captain this year. Um, James Togba is going to come back, who has proved out to be a good young defender. Uh, Nacho, Ignacio Flores, is coming back. Anthony Grant, one of the fastest players in the league. Patrick Kelly, Stefan Stokic, and as you mentioned, some of the younger talent. This team's got a, a mix of experience and young talent. John, uh, what do you what do you make of this team, this roster?
2: No, yeah, I mean, uh, as you can look at a roster right now, we have a lot of depth. Uh, we have uh, yeah. a, a lot of speed, a lot of experience, uh, a little bit of of everything, right? We have technical players. So I think the coaching staff and the the office staff have done a phenomenal job putting a strong team together and. You know, finding the, the, the proper numbers to be able to complement a good team. And I think that, that that's who we are this year. We, we have a little bit of everything, um, and we're going to be able to compete at the top of the table.
0: What? So that's the expectations then?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, nothing less than that. <laughs> nothing less than that.
1: <laughs> Two of the guys you just mentioned, some of the younger guys, James Togba and Adam James. Um, you know, I've said it before, uh, and it's a common thing people say across the league. It takes players – two to three years to adjust from the outdoor game to the indoor game. Uh, James and Adam both joined the team in season last year and both immediately took to the game. Um, so those are two players that I'm um, really excited to to see. Uh, Adam James, I, I'm going to attribute that to his good coaching in college, right? Uh, his Benedictine <laughs> grad. Um, a, a, and James, Togba, I mean, you know, it, here's a player who plays out – Outdoors, he plays forward. Um, he's known as a scoring threat. You bring him indoors, he brings that offensive mentality to the defensive line. Uh, and just like John does on set pieces, he can see where the other team lines up and it makes him a much better player for those set pieces. Uh, James Togba, uh, same thing on the back line. He can see how the, offen- uh, the forwards are, are lining up, how they're going to attack, uh, anticipate, and, and step into those passing lanes. So those are two young players that we're really excited about.
0: We know a lot of Commons fans and some fans around the MASL are so going to tune in. They're going to listen to this podcast. We might get a few uh, who are just curious about the indoor game and may have never come out to see a game at Silverstein Ice Center's Arena. And for those who have not seen an indoor game, it is played in an arena. It's played inside of a hockey, typically a, um, a, a hockey rink, where you have dasher boards on the side, and you've got glass on each end with uh, eight by 14 goals on each end of the field. And the fields are typically, typically I say in quotes, <laughs> 200 feet long and about 85 feet wide. And the game is so fast. It, there's free, there's substitution on the fly. There are no offsides. Uh, there, are, there are, and there are a ton of goals that are scored. And I always like asking players what it's like because, John, you played both. Um, and you coach outdoor I and mean, you play indoor. Uh, what's the biggest difference between the two? Oh,
2: I think uh, the physicality, that's for sure. I think that the indoor game uh, is known for, for the speed, right? Being able to, you know, a lot of transition, a lot of physicality, a lot of speed. Um, and and it's, definitely, it's definitely different than outdoor, right? It, it, makes, it, it makes it fun to watch. Uh, it makes it, you know, interesting because you get a lot of high-scoring uh, games. And, and I think that's always fun for the fans.
0: Yeah, human pinball is what I've referred to it sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it, the ball can come flying in at, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour as fast as these guys shoot it. So uh, yeah. you got to be on your toes.
1: Yeah, and, and you are well aware of how fast that ball. Right, the that one that, shot. yeah, the
0: Brian Brian Harris shot went right by my head. And I, after we got off the <laughs> air, I was like, if that thing would have hit me, I, <laughs> I could have died. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, for those who can't make it out to Silverstein on December 15th, how can people still keep up with the comments? Can people Where can they watch?
1: Well, you can watch all of the games on maslsoccer.com. Uh, that's true for comments games uh, as well as all the games uh, across the league. Um, there may be some other opportunities to watch uh, live games, um, but uh, those are still yet to be announced. Uh, the league is working on it. The league profile over the past two or three years has really grown to the fact that uh to the point where you know it previously as a league as teams we were going to uh production companies and you know YouTubes and and begging them to to let us show their ga- show our games on there mm-hmm. now we've got um, companies coming to us which is uh, a great uh, thing for the league great thing for the comets so we've got some things uh in the hopper but definitely you'll always be able to find games find the information Uh, uh, Games will be broadcast at MASLsoccer.com. Comments information at kccomments.com.
0: All right, let's talk about the league right now. Uh, MASL, the Major Arena Soccer League, will be comprised of 17 teams this season, and there will be four divisions. The Comets will play in a new division that is called the South Central Division, and it will be comprised of Kansas City, their I-70 rivals, St. Louis, their Central Division rivals, now South Central rivals, Milwaukee Wave, and then Florida and Orlando. Uh, will be joining the South Central Division. Five-team division. What do you make of the South Central Division, Jeff?
1: It's going to be tough. Uh, you know, no matter how the teams are doing, the Kansas City-St. Louis-Milwaukee rivalry, those games are always exciting. The games are always close. Uh, you know, even last year, Milwaukee was having a great season, and St. Louis nearly beat them a couple times. We nearly beat them a couple times. Uh, so those are those are always great games. Then you add the, the mix of Florida-Orlando. florida, Orlando, or, uh, florida came to most of the central uh, games or played most of the central teams last season um, and and fared well. Um, And there was a couple exciting games between the Comets and and the Tropics last year. And then you had Orlando, who's a new team this year, but essentially their Cedar Rapids just moved down to Orlando. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of familiar faces there. They've added some MLS, former MLS talent. um, So it's going to be exciting to see how they they mesh um, and, and adapt to the indoor game.
0: So five-team division in the South Central, John. You're familiar with uh, all of these teams: uh, Milwaukee, Florida, Orlando, St. Louis, of course, Kansas City. What do you make of this five-team division?
2: Oh, I think it's probably going to be one of the toughest team, uh, toughest conference in the league for sure. Because you have uh, obviously you have the Comets who are going to be a very strong team. Along with that, you have St. Louis, who's growing as a as a franchise every year. They're getting better. Uh, Milwaukee is one of the top teams in the league. And then now you know the the Florida Tropics. Uh, I had the opportunity to play them twice last year, and they're they're a very strong team. I mean, we, I was able to beat them last year a couple of times, but uh, I think they're going to blend in really well in our conference, and it's not going to be easy. And uh, watching the roster of, of the Orlando team, uh, you can see they're doing a very good job adding uh, – adding experienced players. Yeah, Gordy uh, Gerson. Something. Exactly, yeah. They're adding uh, former, you know, MASL players, and then they're adding, like uh, Jeff said, you know, a lot of guys that have come with uh, MLS pedigree. So uh, they're going to be a strong team as well, and uh, we just got to prepare ourselves as best as possible uh, because it's going be to be fun. It's yeah, it gonna is going to be
0: interesting. All right, let's move over to the uh, Pacific Division and talk about uh, that division. San Diego Soccers, Tacoma Stars, uh, Ontario Fury, and the Turlock Express, a four-team Pacific di- division, and, of course, led by one of the all-time iconic franchises in the indoor game, the San Diego Soccer. John, that's your team from last year. You know this uh, team pretty well. You guys made it to the conference finals and uh, uh, almost to the MASL uh, championship. What, do you, what can you tell us about San Diego?
2: Oh, I think San Diego is going to be a very strong team. Uh, they, they added a couple of new players. They let a couple of players go um including myself um (laughs) (laughs) um, well they didn't um, they didn't let you go they didn't let me go (laughs) but um but no I think I think that that's a conference that is gonna be is gonna be hard but uh, I'm pretty sure San Diego will probably be the team to 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 lead that conference um they're, they're they have lots of talent lots of experience um and I don't know what to expect from the other two teams, right? So you have a uh, Tacoma that they lost, you know, handful of players to the Comets now, mm-hmm. and then you also have a uh, Turlock uh, that last year didn't have a uh, didn't have the strongest team. Um, so I'm assuming that San Diego is probably going to be the team that will dominate that conference.
0: Yeah, and typically what we have seen is Tacoma and Ontario battle it out for that second playoff spot in the, in the Pacific Division. T- uh, Tacoma, of course, is still led by. Uh, former Comets goalkeeper Danny Waldman, And I think they just uh, recently re-signed uh, Alexander Megson, didn't they, not Jeff? They did, they did. It's a good signing for them.
1: It is a good signing. I mean, that guy produced probably the most exciting goal in the league last season in the very first game, in the final seconds of that first game, a bicycle kick to tie it up with six seconds remaining. It's still one of the most amazing things I've seen. Um, but yeah, he p- he played here in Kansas City. You know, there's there's former Comets that that litter the league, um mm-hmm. and and you'll see them. Uh, not to boast, but on the better teams, uh, <laughs> you'll you'll see them. Alex and uh, Daniel Waltman in Tacoma, mm-hmm. uh, Boris Pardo in San Diego. That's right. Um, so
0: yeah, so and Max Talut was in San Diego last year as
1: yeah, well. Correct. Yeah, yep. I think he's gonna turn up somewhere else this year, but. Um He's but a yeah, he's
0: he's another great the Haitian combat. sensation yeah. from Les Kies. Uh All right, well let's uh, let's talk about the uh, Eastern Division now, and we have to talk about uh, our old friends, the Baltimore Blast. They're in the Eastern Division, and defending champions Harrisburg Heat. Uh, Utica FC is a newcomer, along with Mississauga. So we have some newcomers here in the uh, East Division, Jeff, don't we?
1: Yeah, Utica FC um, is really it's, it's the Syracuse Silver Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a, a, a great opportunity to just move uh, a couple of miles up the road to Utica uh, to into a building where um, they would be given a lot more priority, uh, be able to work with the front office for the, the Utica Comets of the AHL, um, a, and really help to, to market that team and build that team. Um, so it's going to be a, a strong core from the Syracuse Silver Knights. They've added a few other players. Uh, so they'll be a, a, a pretty good team. And then in Mississauga, um, it's it's brand new territory, Eastern Division, brand new territory for the MASL as a whole. It's our first team uh, in Canada. Uh, Mississauga is just a, um, a suburb of Toronto, kind of like Independence is to it's Kansas a City. Huge suburb.
0: Yes, it's uh, almost the size of I think Toronto city itself. It, it's pretty big itself.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they're real excited in Canada about having an MASL team and. Um, Know, that could could launch several more teams north of the border mm-hmm. for us. Um, they've uh, A lot of the players that they're signing are going to be unfamiliar to longtime time M- MASL fans, but they're players with solid pedigrees. Um, they, Mississauga was actually announced and accepted into the league prior to last season, and rather than jump in the fray right away, um, they decided to build the game locally, uh, take a year and develop. Uh, talent develop processes develop uh, partners everything like that. So they've actually they put together a little mini league um, of players that, they, that they've used to develop players and, and find players for their team. And then they went out and signed one of the greatest uh, MLS MLS players um, over the past couple of decades in, in uh, Dero uh, Dwayne De Rosario. Um, he they pulled him out of uh, retirement to come play for them. Um, so, you know, they, they're, they're a mystery to us, but, uh, they're a mystery with a lot of upside. Yeah.
0: How about D Rosario coming to the MASL, John? What do you think about that?
2: I think he comes with a lot of experience. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch him play him outdoor and I had the opportunity to watch him play a couple of friendly games indoors and he blends in really well. I mean, he understands the game. He, he has... He has a lot of knowledge of the game, a lot of experience. Uh, so I must—I—I I, I will say that he's probably going to be one of the top uh, forwards in the league this year. So um, I look forward to potentially playing him soon, and if I need to kick him, I will kick him. <laughs> <laughs> <how> <laughs> <laughs> just getting
0: that, just set, just putting it out there like that. Just plain <laughs> and simple. I like that. Uh, it, is, it is really good to see the, the league expand north of, of the border, uh, you know over the course of this crazy indoor game that we've had in the States now for, I don't know, almost four decades now. There's, there have been teams. Uh, Edmonton had a great franchise in the Edmonton Drillers uh, up there. Uh, the Montreal Impact uh, was a was a team that was has, has formerly been in the indoor game. Uh, Toronto, uh, they played at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, which is one of the best places I've ever called a game in my life. It was so – fun, but soccer is, is uh, for those who don't know, soccer is a really big part of the fabric of what, uh, you know, Canadian Canadians are. They love their soccer up there.
1: Oh, yeah, and the game is growing as a whole. You know, the arena game was kind of known as the, that American Americanized version, uh, but the arena game is really growing. You know, we're seeing a lot of interest in Canada, <coughs> and we're seeing so much interest in Mexico now uh, that the league just hired a new deputy commissioner, and his job his main mission is just to, to filter out and 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 find the good prospects um, for for expansion down in Mexico. Then that group in in Mississauga, um, they have several contacts, and, and I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, in the next you know five to ten years, where mm-hmm. we have complete divisions uh, in Canada and complete divisions in Mexico.
0: Oh man. All right, so let's talk about that. Let's move to the Southwest Division, where it it is comprised of four teams as well. Rio Grande Valley, El Paso, Monterey, Mexico, and the Dallas Sidekicks are coming back this year. Uh, Dallas Sidekicks, one of the other iconic franchises. Of course, we all know uh, who played for the Sidekicks back in the day. Mr. Tattoo. Tattoo, yes. Yes. Um, I don't think he's a part of the uh, organization anymore. But it's great to see the sidekicks come back to the indoor game.
1: He's not a part of the organization, but he's very, uh, you know, he's respectful of the team. He he's a big fan of the team, kind of like uh, Gino Schiraldi mm-hmm. and and Jim Schwab are, uh, with with the Comets. Uh, yeah, and it's good to have Dallas back uh, in the league. Um, they took a couple seasons off just to reorganize. They found um, some great new investors, some great new ownership. And kind of like in Kansas City, it's just re- revitalized the whole organization. Um, they've signed some players that already that are, are, you know, fan favorites from from when they were in the league a couple years ago. Uh, a man by the name of Cameron Brown. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, who – Good player. He's a great player, uh, which, um, you know, I'm glad Dallas is back, but I was kind of hoping we might be able to <laughs> talk him into coming back up. But, um, yeah, so it's good to have them back in the league. And and to be honest with you, you know even uh, El Paso and, and RGV, they've done a lot uh, within their their organization to strengthen the the core of their organization, and it's helped them to develop uh, relationships and to build their roster. So whereas in the past couple of years, you know it, it was just Monterey's uh, you know playground, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest were just trying to catch up. <laughs> they're going to have some actual competition this year from from both RGV, El Paso, and then you know Dallas's. They just come into the league ready to
0: roll. Visiting with John Sosa, Comets defender, and Jeff Houston, director of marketing and communications with the Kansas City Comets. John, let's talk about the Southwest Division, and specifically about Monterey. Uh, playing for San Diego last year, you had uh, a lots of experience uh, with them, in addition to playing in the conference finals against Monterey. So you visited that city, beautiful city in, in, in Mexico, but what is it like playing uh, Monterey? They always feel a very strong team.
2: Oh yeah, they're uh, they're very 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 talented team. Uh, I was able to play them twice last year, and unfortunately, we came in short both games. But um, uh, they're full of talent, full of of professionals out there. I think the culture of the game in Mexico, um, obviously you know is is really is really fun. Uh, these are guys that 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 leave the game that that this is their job, their full time jobs, and and you can see it the way they they carry the franchise, right? So, uh, getting out there. And playing in front of their fans and playing against them is always, always, always a, a trail. Um, so I, I, I they're, they're going to be probably one of the top teams in the league again. Uh, they're getting stronger this year with a couple of the additions from Sonora. Um, and and it'll it will, it will be fun. It'll be fun to be able to play them. What's the key to try
0: to, to beat Monterey? How do you beat those guys?
2: Well, I think you got to make sure that you you got to be on, right? So you got you got to make sure you come in with the uh, uh, with the right mentality, you gotta you know take pride in defense when you're out there because these guys are a team that play uh, really fast, really energetic uh, team. Um, so you have to be able to go out there and, and play defense. You gotta be able to uh, get numbers behind the ball, stay in compact, be f- very physical, um, and, and not allow them to get into the rhythm because uh, that's the kind of team that they are. They they get in a rhythm and you get a it, it becomes a, a long story for you. So. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think you know they're they're a very strong team, but they're avoidable. Obviously, you know Baltimore did it last year where they went to to Monterey and beat them in the final, uh, and they did it you know probably just based on defense. They were able to you know contain them uh, physically, and, and and they came up on top.
0: Yeah, they always they always look really really tough when they pl- they're down there. And I, I remember the game that uh, Soccer's and Monterey played last year. It was really tough, and then. I think Monterey, as you said, John, got into a rhythm, and that's what created some separation between uh, Monterey and uh, San Diego.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I think we, we got into the last minute, right? So yeah. It came down to a one-goal game within a couple of minutes, and you know they put a little bit of pressure on us, and we gave another one in, and that's when the game ended up. So they're, uh, they're a fast team, they're very quick, very talented individually, and you just gotta go out there and play hard and, and be physical. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's talk about expectations. Jeff, uh, what are your expectations for the season coming up here? Again, the home opener is December 15th.
1: Yeah, I I think expectation-wise, I think we've got a great team. I think that we'll be able to compete. I think we'll be – you know, Comets fans are used to this team being one of the top teams in the league uh, over the past nine years, and and I think they can expect that uh, again this year. Um, I'm expecting, you know, it just to be fun uh fun season. We're doing a lot of things inside the arena, um you know, off the field. Um well, including the field. Um that that are kind of freshening it up. We uh, we have a brand new turf coming this year. Really? Yeah, it's uh it's a little bit different from what Comets fans are are used to. It's going to be uh blue. Comets blue turf. Um so that's going to be installed here probably in the next couple of weeks. That's really exciting. What,
0: so, Comet's blue, like the like the like the blue hoodie that I own, the Comet's blue hoodie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so it, it's it's really exciting, um, and it, it's a, and it's a different material, so the players will like it because it, it's better for them. Uh, you know, save save some knees. Um, yeah, n- newer technology, newer newer field. Um, but yeah, th- that bright blue is kind of uh, it's gonna definitely stand out and, and be something to to see for sure. Uh, we're we're got some great new sponsors this year, um, you know, a couple of things we're doing, um, you know, the sheet metal workers, local number two, uh, we're excited to work with them this year on a reading program for kids, um, so we've been ro- uh, rolling that out at schools across the metro. Um, kids uh, set, set goals with their teachers and their schools on, on how many books they can read or how many minutes they can read, uh, and if they meet those goals, we reward them with a ticket to a game. Uh, so that's been exciting to work with them. Uh, our new jerseys, we just ordered those uh, next week, so we'll, we'll probably release those in the next couple of days, that what those design will look like. Um, yeah it's been great to have the retro look for the last couple of years, and we'll probably bring that back at some time, but we're freshening up the look. Um well, and you
0: have different jerseys throughout, which is really cool, and I like about there in the regular season is that you'll have a, a, a theme night, whether it's honoring the military or uh – Cancer Awareness, or I'm sorry, the uh, Ali Kemp Foundation, Mm -hmm. usually we have that, that pink jerseys that night. So there's all kinds of different opportunities for fans to come and bid on specialty uh, Comets jerseys, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah,
1: and for the fan experience, we're going to have those two um, specialty jersey nights again this year. uh, The military night, uh, the night is escaping me, but the uh, full schedule is at KCComets.com. Um, that one's always fun. We wear a patriotic-themed jersey. Again, those are auctioned off at the end of the game. They were really cool last uh, year, man. They were awesome. We work with Cars for Heroes mm-hmm. um, every year and and uh, our team at, at Team Fidelis to honor veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the pink game is going to be February 16th, um, and we do that to benefit the Allihan Foundation. We're probably going to work with them to have a uh, self-defense class before the game, um, so we'll have more details to come out on that. And then you talked about, uh, you know, how we auction the jerseys. We're taking that to the next step this year. We're working with a company called Live Source. Um, that's going to be an app where fans can actually uh, have that downloaded on their phone. And we're going to have different things that we we auction or offer every game. Um, it, it's a great great program. Allows us to do things on the fly. For example, last year Leo Gibson scored his 200th career goal with the Comets. Um, you know, if we would have had this a, uh, app and partnership last year, we could have immediately auctioned that ball off to fans. Um, so we'll be able to, to offer different items, game balls, uh, you know, game worn jerseys, things like that. Oh, um, pretty cool. On the fly, yep. and, and some great things that that'll be happening there. So uh, the fan experience should be better um, than it.
2: What are you most looking forward to, John? Uh, winning a championship. Absolutely. I think uh, that's the goal for the team. I think that's the expectation. Nothing less than you know being up there and winning a championship.
0: So you were part of the last Comets championship, uh, that one in Baltimore. Let's hope we can get one at home this year.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, the, that's the plan. That's the mentality for everyone. All
0: right. Great to see you, John. Thank you so much for your time. If uh, folks want to get some tickets, what's the number to call, Jeff? Uh, 888-9-COMETS. And if you need more information, visit their website, kccomets.com again. The home opener is coming up on December fifteenth. It'll be the Comets and Wave running inside on the new blue blue turf at Silverstein Ice Center's arena. My thanks to Jeff Houston, director of marketing and communications for the Comets, and the Comets defender John Sosa. Thank you two very much. Look forward to a great season. And you always can check box.com. For- Click on our podcast.